0: Hello, and welcome to the Karina podcast. This is a place where we are celebrating aging through style, beauty, and wellness. And I am your host, Karin Kamara, and I am here to walk you through the path of how we can love ourselves more as we move through various seasons of our lives. This is episode two, Joyfully Accepting Midlife. Jen is a midlife coach, an author of Midlife Emergence, and a licensed professional counselor. After two decades of helping hundreds of women through life's major transitions and experiencing her own passage through intense midlife portal, this is a wonderful conversation on the power of middle age. Don't forget to check out the show notes for Jen's free gift. Let's get into it. Hi, welcome to the Corinna Podcast, where we talk about all things graceful aging. Thank you so much, Jen, for being here today. Hi, thanks for having me. And I love the work that you do helping women in their upper 40s, and we're going to get all into that today. And I would first want to talk to you about what made you decide to work with women in that age group? What was the inspiration?
1: Yeah, well, um, I work with women in midlife, which... Um, There are a lot of different definitions of, like, when that is, but in developmental psychology, it really is said to span from the early 40s through, like, the mid-60s, but um, there's this period where you're entering the midlife realm in the early 40s, and um, psychologist Eric Erickson talks about this, like, stage of psychosocial development um, when we're presented with this what he calls like the challenge of uh, generativity versus stagnation. And that starts right around the time we turn 40. Um, And there's also this uh, astrological view of midlife as there's this midlife crisis like peak point at age 42 um, called the Uranus opposition, um, which I'm really interested in. I'm not an astrologer, but I write about this a bit. Um, And 42 seems to be this like screaming midpoint of this idea of um, overturning, I guess, the early conditioning and really reframing, like, what we want the second act of life to be. So this time in the 40s, even though that's not the whole of midlife, it's like the waiting room between the first act of life and the second act of life, and I think there's so much opportunity in the decade of the 40s to really reauthor, like, what it is you want to be in the world and how you want to show up and to maybe turn some of the early um, conditioning on its head. So I'm really excited about that time of life um, and working with women in that time. I've been a therapist for 20 years um, and a midlife coach now, and I'm in my late 40s now, and um, just just really love working with this time period because it's such an opportunity, um, and I think a positive opportunity uh, to really reframe our... Our experience, and to be the architect of what we want the rest of life to be.
0: I didn't know that about forty-two because I just turned forty-two a month ago, and yeah. it's it's been pretty, it's been pretty rocky and just just in terms of inner, inner workings of like what do I want my life to look like, what am I doing, and all these different life choices I've made. So it's so yeah. interesting. I didn't know there was an astrological
1: yeah <laughs> reason um, for all to- of this. <laughs> talk about like this briefly um the it's called the uranus opposition because in astrology the lifespan is 84 years on an astrological like chart and so 42 is halfway when uranus spans halfway across the zodiac from the point where it was when we were born and uranus is known as the planet of rebellion and freedom and higher awareness and it teaches us how to um like find true freedom to in, like by rejecting what no longer serves us. And it and it shifts us from um, identifying with like the expectations that were put on us in childhood to actually go into a more mature expression of the self. Um, and it's like anything that's been held back or repressed, it calls us to bring that forward and make that visible. And so for me, that is when I was 42, that's when all of my stuff started kind of blowing up. Um, and that's really what was the impetus for um, shifting my work to actually focus more in on this specific time of life because of my own, you know, what I call midlife emergence <laughs> was starting to happen then. At 42? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and it kind of happens like you feel the effects of it for a few years before it and a few mm-hmm. years after it, but like it really was, I, I had an astrology reading on my 42nd birthday and um the astrologer was like oh my gosh you're right on time like everything you're explaining is exactly where you should be and I was like it feels (laughs) really hard um but yeah
0: that's so wild well at least I feel like at least there's some validation for what I was having a conversation with my girlfriend a few hours literally today about so that's kind of crazy that we're now talking about this but nothing's an accident
1: it is like yeah and it's so validating I find it so validating and like supportive to hear, even just, you know, even if you're someone who doesn't follow astrology or no, much, it's like, Oh, well what's happening up there is reflected mm-hmm. down here. There's just something about that where I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe there's some <laughs> reason, um, that it's feeling this way or that I'm being pulled in these directions. So.
0: Yeah. Is that when you decided to stop becoming a, to stop therapy work and move into coaching?
1: Um, it was a little bit after that, actually. Um, but that was definitely a part of it. I did have um, not just a career shift, I had a relationship shift, like uh, a lot of things just were up for reevaluation at that point. I, um yeah, I'd been working as a licensed professional counselor and an art therapist, and I did want that part of my work to shift to more of a coaching approach, um, and when I shifted it, I realized, like, I think I've always been more of a coach type therapist than a like mental health worker type therapist and it just feels like it suits me um, a little bit more and yeah that's when that's when that started shifting as well as um a lot around my sexuality and around my marriage and um yeah
0: I don't know how how much of that
1: (laughs) we get into or not but um yeah that's what a lot of my book is about
0: yeah tell us about your book I mean I I'm I don't feel, I mean, I haven't done a lot of research around topics about books on middle, midlife, but I don't feel like there's yeah. one about what you're talking about. I feel like it's a very unique perspective. So I'd love to hear more about it.
1: Sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, I really was,
0: yeah, I have looked into like
1: what books are out there for women in midlife. And there are some, sometimes the perspective is pretty grim and kind of comes from that more masculine midlife crisis, uh, this term that was coined in I think the 60s, that kind of goes with that like, you know, midlife dude's gonna buy a sports car sort of thing or blow up everything. And I don't really feel like your life has to necessarily implode or explode at this time. And it doesn't need to have that uh, connotation of being like a crisis or an emergency. So I sort of reframed it as an emergence. rather than an emergency, because I feel like it's like, well, the word emergence means um, the process of coming into view or becoming exposed after being previously concealed. And that concept really resonated with my personal experience of what I was going through in my midlife time. So um, I just feel like a lot of my work is about um, making truth visible and a a lot of my work in therapy and with um, coaching clients as well, and and as well as my own life. So it's like really unearthing what is authentic and core to us. And so I find this time frame to be such a great opportunity to really bring our real selves forward in a way. Um, Yeah, so yeah, well, I guess, oh, you had asked about the book. Um, yeah, so what I started to do, I guess how the book came to be, as I started posting, there's this project on Instagram called the 100 Day Project, and I'm about to enter my eighth year of doing it. But um, a few years ago, I did one that was like called 100 Days of Midlife Emergence. And I wrote a piece of my story of like what was happening for me around 42, 43. Um, the different things that I was grappling with uh, each day for a hundred days. And I got so much feedback from other women uh, publicly in the comments and privately in my DMs, like just about what they were resonating with and going through. And a lot of people were like, this should be a book. You should write a book. Yeah. And it has been a childhood dream, you know, like bucket list thing since I yeah. was literally like a three-year-old with like a play typewriter, you know, I'm like, I'm writing a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started of turning those posts and those stories from my life into loosely into a book. Um and then it started to take more shape and become uh what the genre is known as a teaching memoir. So it's like my personal story of my midlife transformation. But the teaching piece also means like it's a self-help or personal growth guidebook. So it's um from my own experience and my experience as a therapist and coach. Um, Kind of teaching more about this time of adult development, and um, you know different pieces of like attachment styles and and just ways of moving through the social conditioning and into like more of ourselves. So along with my story, there's you know some of those pieces, and then at the end of each chapter, there are um, I call them self inquiry prompts that are like journaling, art, and different personal rituals that you can do to really. Um, explore the theme of that chapter in your own life. So it has like a guidebook piece to it, um, which was really fun. It feels like it's sort of three books woven together, (laughs) but in a way that's um, hopefully inspiring.
0: Nice. That's amazing. Thank you. And it's coming out in April.
1: It is. Yeah. It publishes April 11th. um, And it is available for pre-order now, wherever you buy books. So it's called Midlife Emergence, Free Your Inner Fire.
0: yeah. So now that you're in it, you are you. Do you feel liberated from that space that you were a few years ago, and you're when you were 42? Now that you're closer to 50?
1: Yeah. Um. I just turned 47 in December, and mm-hmm. I don't want to say I don't know that it's. I mean, yes, liberated is and freedom. I feel like that is actually. It's interesting that you use that word because I feel like that's what I was really. Wanting in my 40s was that's why the subtitle the book is Free Your Inner Fire. There's this part that wanted to be freed and be liberated, and I feel like I did a lot of that work um, over the past five to seven years um, in pretty profound ways that I wasn't doing before my 40s. Um, it's been lifelong, but this time felt like a crash course, you know, and like yeah. really liberating myself. But I wouldn't say yay it's all done and I'm liberated of course it's never ending no gosh there's it feels like constant evolution and constant becoming so it's not um you know my book isn't tied up with a bow at the end and I don't feel like I'm um on the other side of I know I'm on the other side of that initial like 42 um it really felt like I was just wanting to run down the street naked with my hair on fire, like, ah, this is, you know, that it doesn't feel as hot, but there's still a slow burn and, uh, and I'm still learning and and changing, but, um, coming into more of a place of rootedness, I think, in a new sense of myself. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, it's interesting because I feel like 42 in 2023 or in our being our forties and in this time of the century feels a lot different than, when I was born and women were in their forties and the eighties, yeah. cause it just, we have evolved so fast that we're living longer mm-hmm. and we're taking care of ourselves. So it's a, it's interesting cause I feel like biology almost hasn't really caught up to how long we're living yeah. in terms of like fertility and reproductive health, at least for women. And it's just interesting. Cause I'm like, I'm 42, but I don't feel 42. I don't look 42. Right. But it's like, but at the same time, it's like we're getting wiser and older and our body is moving in a completely different direction. So it's kind of an yeah. interesting space.
1: It really is, yeah. That I mean, aging is, um, it's for Generation X, which is my generation. I feel like there are a lot of pieces of my story that people can relate to from being, like, born and socialized in, like, 70s, 80s, you know, yeah. that time of life. And it's so funny, back then, I saw a meme the other day that, like, the Golden Girls that right. show from the eighties—they yeah. were the age I am now, you know. Right? And so yeah, a lot of that is wild, well, different than it than it was looked at at the time. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's still so much ageism, and I, I really see there. Yeah, it mm-hmm. it's such an honor to age. Um, I feel like, and you know, the media tells us that we need to like kind of slow that process or keep looking young or you know, but and I'm all for like healthy routines as we age, but, um, not ones that deny like the passing of time because that's happening. And I feel like I've earned that, <laughs> you know,
0: it's a, it's an interesting space. Cause I, you know, I'm all about graceful aging, but part of that is just accepting getting older and the joy yeah. of living and the privilege of being alive and embracing yeah. your body as you move through different seasons mm-hmm. while well, taking care of yourself. But this, yeah. Pressure, especially for women. I think men have a different level of stress, but for women, it's like the Botox and the surgery and the yeah. nip and tuck, the Bobby, the mo- the mommy makeovers. It's hard, yeah. you know, like gray hairs. <laughs> is. Like you, you lose your job if you look too old, or it's mm-hmm. it's conflicting because I think women also want to still be accepted, still want to work, still have
1: mm-hmm.
0: have their place in life, but then society is telling you a completely opposite thing. And where Mm -hmm. do you find your space or your lane, which is, I think, why it's so important to go inside yourself and really Mm -hmm. be in touch with who you are. Because if you know who you are, you don't really care what anyone else says about you.
1: Totally. Um, Yeah. And you can express your truth from the inside out. And really, like, yeah, what you just said actually reminds me of, um, there's this quote by Georgia O'Keeffe that I have in the beginning of one of the chapters in my book that's I don't want to butcher it, but I think she says, I've already settled it for myself. So flattery and criticism go down the same drain, and I am quite Mm -hmm. free. And it's like, gosh, it's like taking the ego out of it. It's not just the criticism going down, but it's also the flattery. It's like, I actually just know who I am. Mm -hmm. um, And I feel like this is a time of life where we can come more into who we truly are, like without... All of that external validation or approval or even though we're walking through a world of patriarchy and capitalism that's telling
0: us all of these things. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's hard, though. I think it's hard because unless you have a support system or you reach out and you find help or you get stuck you really get stuck yes. in that world when especially if you're on social media if you're watching tv like a lot of the celebrities that we grew up listening to and watching they seem like they never age and you're kind of right like, Can we all like be like jlo at 52 i know like right that? i mean yeah um it's
1: true it's true and i think that i don't know i want to be part of a change where it's like we're still t- we're talking honestly like i think social media and wash over and, you know, paints a totally different picture. But I think we're all starved for this like, actual truth telling of what it is like, what it is like and and not, you know, oh, I colored the grays or I did this or that. Like, I don't know, there's a fine line to walk there. Like, present yourself how you'd like to and feel how you want to feel. And what if the social norm could shift? And what if we could start um, telling, the truth of it all you know just with each other and and normalizing that Um, right
0: yeah and being okay with everything like if you're dying your hair because you want to and you feel good about it that's one thing but dying your hair because you you need to keep your job or because you want to keep your (laughs) partner or you because you don't feel good about yourself that's a completely different conversation and totally and it's hard to find that line because I think, you know, like what you said, like having good skincare routine, like taking care of yourself, that feels good. And you want to look mm-hmm. good. You want to feel presentable. But then at the same time, you know, should I get Botox? You know, I have clients that are young telling me, you know, do you think I should get Botox? And I'm like, you're 35. I mean, yeah, but they are, they are right. because they yeah. want to do preventative. They want to prevent the wrinkles. Mhm. And I'm like, well what the, what is that gonna mean at eighty? Are we all just gonna have perfect young youthful faces at eighty or ninety? I mean
1: Yeah.
0: Don't you wanna look like you're ninety? <laughs> I mean yeah, you know what a, I mean? like I Right. There's a, like there's you, a... you earn those wrinkles. <laughs> you yeah, know? but there's a certain beauty, like, you know, I think of Cicely Tyson or these older actresses that and you're just so there's something radiant about them, you know, yeah. and I think that I don't know, I think it's focusing on your heart and your joys and your passion for me is like the best quote unquote anti-aging as opposed to creams and the what and all the injections because I don't necessarily know if that's going to get the result that you want at least I don't think so yeah
1: I agree I agree I think um the radiance comes from the inside you know and really that connection that you just spoke of the heart space um, and really being able to see that outside in someone, you know, as, as you're interacting with them, or um, I, I feel like that's what really shines.
0: Right, and I've met older women that have so much, like 70s, 80s, like much, mm-hmm. much older. And they have so much spunk and they're alive and mm-hmm. they're happy and they're radiant and they're just out here living their best lives. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, I want to be like that when I'm in my eighties, just yeah, full of joy. Totally. Yeah,
1: me they, too.
0: Yeah. And they just don't care, which I I think when I, when I met, I was in my twenties and thinking of how much anxiety I was always carrying, like so much worrying about what other people think of me, like being so insecure and then seeing these women be so free. And I remember thinking, God, I hope I'm like that when I'm older, just you just yeah. don't give an, you just don't care. You're like out here living your best life. If you don't like me, I am I like me. So that's what right. matters. <laughs> exactly. Like all
1: of that, all of the external stuff has gone down the drain. It's like really just being who you are in the world. Right. And I, I think about um, at the end of my book, I have this exercise. There's like a visualization and some prompts and it's called, it's a future self visualization. is what I call it. And it's um, an exercise I had been doing. I've done it repeatedly over the last decade and I love it because it it's this look forward or a visualization forward into yourself like 20 years from now. And it's a likeness that I hold in me. Like I, I think about this version of myself as I make decisions in my everyday life, almost like a North Star or like a guidepost to growing into this one of me that um, is the most authentic expression of myself. And I think about it When I make like ordinary decisions of like what clothes to buy, I'm like, would she wear this, or what to decorate my house in, or what to eat, or you know, how to who to partner with in business, or you know, all of these seemingly insignificant um, decisions. But when I picture this future self, one of me who is just fully out there, like the the visual that I conjured when I've done that visualization, I like have this image of her. And, um, I don't know, it feels like this internal compass for, how I want to feel and who I want to be in the world. And I keep that with me a lot. And I, um, yeah, and I have that toward the end of my book for readers to actually kind of visualize theirs and then engage with walking as her in the world and becoming her, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and, and it's really beautiful actually, I think as a way to look at at aging, like, look at that as the muse that you're grow, like you're growing into your own muse or you are your own muse. So,
0: yeah, I love that. Yeah. thanks. And do you feel yeah. like you are, you, you are that, like, I don't know how long you started this process, but do you feel like you're walking into the future that you man- that you've been manifesting?
1: Yeah, I do. I feel like I'm on that path. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know that it's, linear at all no, it never um, is definitely yeah. imperfect and i so it's not like oh i had this visual visualization and i'm living it every day it's just like um i check in with it and it's it kind of guides me um it's sort of like moving toward uh, as martha beck puts it like move toward what's warm it's like how to just make these incremental decisions that mm-hmm. guide us into like what really feels good and what really is true like the most true version of us so um yeah I think I'm stepping that way um but you know at 47 I hold a vision of myself at 67 and hopefully I can live that long and um yeah I feel like I'm growing into her you know certainly
0: that's awesome So we kind of touched upon this um, throughout this conversation, but I always want to ask our guests, like, if you can define what graceful aging means for you, like, what would be your Mm -hmm. definition?
1: Yeah, um, I think the word graceful, when I think about it, I think about ease and skillfulness um, rather than, like, the definitions of graceful that have to do with, like, elegance or decorum or politeness like that those connotations just, they might be how I was conditioned, but they're not how I'm aging. Um, you know, that part of it. So I think, um, I don't know, in thinking about this word and thinking about our talk today, I looked up the word graceful and the antonym of it was doing to doing something gracefully was doing something awkwardly. And I was like, oh, I personally embrace that as a form of grace, actually. Yeah. Um, In the reasons that we talked about earlier, like I guess by that, I mean like aging gracely for me has to do with um, being visible in the messy middle of our growth and not sharing only that like polished, processed, finished product version of ourselves, but like the whole truth of it along the way, not just like this ta da moment after we've moved through whatever hard thing like midlife. Because um, I feel like I guess as we talked about earlier, I feel like that's validating and it's paradigm shifting and it's yeah. connecting. It's like, what isn't happening on social media? And it challenges the patriarchy in a way that I feel like um is part of the change that I would like to see happening. And that feels graceful to me, like to mm-hmm. to really expose those parts with each other. Um so That's good. Thank you. Awkward aging. Awkward <laughs> aging. Grateful.
0: I love it. And you know, it's interesting because I um didn't really think about graceful aging as the elegance part Mm -hmm. for me graceful aging is like to give somebody grace you know it's to give them the benefit of the doubt softness kindness Mm -hmm. um to allow people to just be who be themselves like when you give somebody grace you're just like okay like i'm accepting what's happening i love you anyway that Mm -hmm. so for me that's what grace means and so graceful aging is that how you, is how you can take that for yourself like accepting yeah. yourself giving yourself grace, giving yourself compassion and allowing yourself to just be yeah because aging is rough there's a you know there's a part of aging that's beautiful but there's also the physical aspect which is mm-hmm. not comfortable like your body aches yeah hormones are going up and down um, things just don't feel right in your body anymore or not. Right. It's not the right word, but they just feel different. So it's a new acclimation mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> <You know>? So <laughs> it's not necessarily comfortable all the time. And I think you have to allow yourself that space to be like, it's okay to be uncomfortable. And this yeah. is what it is. i love what you just said
1: yeah Yeah, especially the word the softness like Mm -hmm. uh, like giving others you said like the benefit of the doubt and the softness Mm -hmm. but then turning that inward and having like that compassion for self and like i think the word tender is one that i i love that I it's like having a tenderness to others and having that toward yourself um Mm -hmm. yeah it definitely feels like part of how i want to age Mm -hmm. um Yeah. Yeah. I hope I can do that. It's hard to hold that all the time, you know? It
0: is. And I think for me, it's like, kind of like your work, right? Like kind of comes from your own pain in a way Mm -hmm. of like figuring out how to like navigate what's going on in your, in your life and then turning it on for other people. And for me, it's like, I've always been very hard on myself for so Mm -hmm. long that now I'm just like, I don't want to live the next whatever, how many years I'm on the planet from that hardness. Yes, because I not totally only, relate to <laughs> it's like <laughs> cause not only does it not benefit my physical body, like having that rigidness and that tightness and being contracted all the time, it's just not at this point it's uncomfortable. you know, I could yeah. have gotten gotten away with it in my twenties right, because I'm mm-hmm. young, and but mm-hmm. at a certain point, you're like, "Oh, this isn't even feel good in my body anymore,
1: right, yeah, I fully. Feel like I've been going through that throughout my well throughout my 40s for sure. Like the idea of like what you said about just being hard on yourself. I'm definitely I grew up as a perfectionist and a yeah. people pleaser, and all of these different constraints. Um, and they're like a lot of the ones that I've been trying to lift. And um, I call myself like a recovering good girl, you know, like <laughs> good girl in recovery, basically. And I think a lot yeah. of my clients are as well, where it's like. Mm-hmm a lot of the self-discipline of um, be good, do good, look this way, do this perfect, Mm -hmm. like that sort of, um, you know, inner critic or just the self-berating thing or these external voices from, you know, culture or family or whatever they were for someone being internalized. Mm -hmm. It's like really trying to hear them and say, no, you're not actually in the driver's seat. Like I can take control of this now. Like I don't need to live that way anymore. And it's just so much I don't know. It's, I wanted to say relaxing, almost like to let go of that in a way. It's almost right. the antithesis of like I don't know, like taking off a pair of skinny jeans to put on like some sweats and being like, "All right, uh,
0: it's like, a, it's let a me deep just ex- let
1: it hang out now." Right.
0: It's like a deep exhalation of just like, "Oh, like you know, when you're wearing a wide bra all day and you take it off, it's like Woof. yes."
1: That's the first <laughs> thing for me when I come into my house, <laughs> like bra off. Like
0: right, yeah. and I think living with this expectation at least for me you know i relate to that like just having to live a certain way so i can be accepted by other people Yeah. like living doing a certain like just living my life in this way that okay so other people can accept me i could be loved you know people will see me and in all doing that i'm not really living myself i'm not myself i'm living in another skin that's not really mine and then frustrated that my life isn't the way i want it to be but i haven't really been true to myself because right. I've been living for other people essentially.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and I, th- I think that's the gift of getting older. Cause when I was in my, when I was in my twenties, I've had 40 year old women and 50 year old women tell me it's going to change. Like this isn't mm-hmm. this, You're it's going to change. You'll, you'll feel mm-hmm. differently in a few years. And I remember thinking like, you're old, like, what do you know? <laughs> like,
1: you know in my mind, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're an
0: old lady. Uh-huh. Um, but now that I'm on that, in that age bracket where, women were giving me advice, I can totally understand what they were saying. I didn't mm-hmm. get it back then. But now I right. do. So you hit you hit a certain point where you're just like, Am I living for you? Or am I living for myself?
1: Right. And there's like yeah. an urgency because at the point of midlife. Um, we kind of have this piece where it's like you realize, okay, life is short, this is the one life I'm going to get or the one life I'm going to remember. So I want to wring it dry of all the opportunity and I want to live it in accordance to like what I want for my being. So it's like if you've been performing all of the ways that's expected and you've built this life around you, career-wise or family-wise or whatever, it feels really scary um to shift all of that in midlife because right. it's high stakes, right? Like you've invested so much in all of these different facets that when you sit down in midlife and think, like, are these really working for me? If they're not, um, it's pretty hard to leave what is safe and secure and familiar yeah. to embrace that, which is unknown and probably kind of seductive and interesting, like the mystery of that. And it's like, I write about it as um, a metaphor of like walking a tightrope between like the safety and the like mystery, right? And we can yeah. find ourselves in a lot of places along that continuum. I got to a point around 42 where like safety and security and all of that felt, I felt like that felt really stagnant to me and I felt allergic to it. I was like, no, <laughs> stagnation versus generativity that I was talking about earlier. I was like, no, generativity, like I really need to keep growing. Like I wanna, I wanna evolve. Um, and that can be really scary to admit that to ourselves at this age. It's like overturn all of the stuff that we might've worked really hard to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And then once you're there, you're like, oh, is this it? Isn't there more? <laughs>
0: I mean, you are literally saying exactly what I've been thinking the last forty eight hours,
1: oh gosh, like, just like <laughs> yeah. I'm like
0: I'm like listening to you, I'm like, oh my God, like yeah, because I'm in that space where I have to kind of make a decision and with my career and mm-hmm. what I want to do and and it's really scary, and it, you know i I remember that t v show called Younger, I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. watched it. I didn't no. Oh. It was a woman she got divorced, she was in her forties and she always wanted to go into publishing. And so she Mm -hmm. was applying for all these jobs and they didn't hire her. So she made believe she was twenty six. So she started dressing like a twenty six year old and she got hired. And and it was this whole idea of like having to start all over and do you have Mm -hmm. to start from the bottom? So you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. In your forties now, you're like you have responsibilities, you have bills, your whole quality of life you're in your 40s you don't want to live like you were in your 20s that just ain't kind of right happen. like you know it's not like not comfortable <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: it's not i'm living that now i'm a couple yeah. years post-divorce um yeah you know and i was with my ex for well we were married 17 but like 20 years and yeah i'm living on my own for the first time in a long time and i'm a mom of a teenager and mm-hmm. you know i'm trying to support myself as a, a single person um it's it's different it is like starting over in some way like right. what you were just saying but it's like i don't want to do it the way you know with a futon and you know all my ikea futon from when i was 23 right, right. you know right. it's like ah like hard it's really um it's hard to start over at this, at it this is. phase of life and sometimes it's like there's so much freedom in it um you know it's like i don't know i feel like scared about I have felt scared about a lot of the changes that I've made in my forties, but it's like, I have to do it scared. I have to do it anyway, because, um, I don't, like the alternative is what, you know, it's like mm-hmm. not being true to yourself or just ignoring right. an inner voice. That's going to keep coming louder if it's right. not acknowledged.
0: Exactly. And ultimately, are you living your true purpose if you're not living in what you're meant to be doing? Right. And one of my biggest fears on life is to be old, like on my deathbed wishing that I lived the life I wanted to live and mm-hmm. had the courage to do so, as opposed to playing it safe. Mine too. Yeah. Cause that, that I would be so sad. <laughs> I'd be so know, sad right? on my deathbed. Like, oh my God, I missed that on life.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you're just sitting there with regret. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I try to think about living in a way where I won't have regrets about not doing something, um, right? You know, and I don't know. I don't really regret a lot of what I have done, but when I do have regrets, a lot of times it has been like what I opportunity I didn't take or what risk I didn't take. Really, um, I did this. I did a little bit of qualitative research before writing my book, or as I was writing it, and I talked with over a hundred women about this idea of like taking risk and being pulled away from the safe and more into the, you know unknown really it's yeah. unknown and all of them like no, <laughs> uh, they all said that they were more enticed by the idea of, of risk and mystery and unknown than they had been at any other time of their life like even teenage you know teenage years we have this uh feeling of invincibility in some way um but midlife psychologically it's actually really akin to the teenage years in terms of there's this thing young called the individuation process. And as a teenager, you're like separating from your parents. um, And there's this idea of identity formation. And in midlife, we go through a second individuation process, but it's separating from cultural and social norms more so. And like coming into an identity that is more driven from internal than external. So um, yeah, it just feels like in order to do that, there has to be some, there has to be some degree of risk or mm-hmm. um, just doing the things that we won't want to be regretting not doing when we're on our deathbed. So it's not comfortable.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. And it's also exciting. And I also feel great, not great that other women are going through this, but it's nice to hear that other women experience what I'm experiencing today or I had been yeah. for the last few years, because it's been kind of like, is this a Saturn return? It's a little early, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Uranus
1: opposition. It doesn't get as much press as the Saturn return does, but it is, it's similar in that way. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. And I remember my Saturn return feeling like, whoa. And then now, um, yeah, this is a different one. There's another planetary occurrence around 59. And I yeah. forget what it even this is called. Second, but another that's... big one
0: that's the, the second, second Saturn, Saturn return. return. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, yeah. My yeah. I remember my, I turned my first Saturn return. I was like about to turn 30 and mm-hmm. that was a huge year. Yeah. And yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff happened during my first, my first go round. And so it's just interesting how these, all these things are connected. I've really? loved this conversation so much. I feel like we can talk forever, but me um, too. <laughs> <laughs> thank like you. We, we have so much, like, I feel like we're kind of both working with the same group of people from but from a different angle so i'm super excited to get your book because i definitely want to read it i feel like it'll be so helpful for me but also like my clients and people that women that are going through something similar and so how can people connect with you and what's the best way to work with you
1: yeah um well pre-ordering or ordering my book midlife emergence um online wherever you buy your books um And other ways to find and connect with me, I offer one-to-one midlife coaching. um, And I also am rolling out several new programs this year um, around different midlife themes. Um, Some smaller sort of courses, I guess, that are self-paced. They're not out yet, but they're coming soon. And I um, am going to be offering another midlife emergence uh, group program later this year. So you can find out about all of that on my website, which is jenberlingo.com. You can always find me on social media. I mostly hang out on Instagram because I'm really visual. Um, I post there daily, and that's at Jen Berlingo. I think all the social links will be in the show notes, Um, but you can find the links to them all on my website. Um, Also, I'm a visual artist, and I've been selling my Oracle deck on Etsy for like seven years now. It's called the Soul Space Oracle, and I do custom Hmm. adolescence portraits um, that are all in my Etsy shop, too. So, all of those links are there, but I'm, I don't know. I dabble in a lot of different things, but yeah, mm. I'm, I'm open for, uh, midlife coaching clients and different group programs.
0: Awesome. Well, I've loved this conversation. Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Corinne. It's been so great to talk with you and just share and hear the resonance, you know, in our experiences. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe and look out for new episodes on Tuesdays. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube. I am sending you lots of love and remember to always be your beloved self.